This is Spin Control, a Fibercraft podcast by a joyful girl. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Spin Control, episode 136, The Longest Year. In this episode, I've got quite a bit of knitting, a little bit of spinning. I'm going to put my spin on my original spinning instructional book. But of course, we will kick this all off with some updates. So my voice is a little bit raspy. You'll have to forgive me. This episode is called The Longest Year. Because so far, 2023 has been the longest year. My January sucked so hard that it's not even funny. Like, you know how it is. Like, you have all these big plans and all this stuff you want to do. And winter was in full force. And I just, you know, had big ideals about what I was going to get accomplished in the month of January. But then it got completely derailed. So you know how we had that whole or have that whole pandemic thing going on. We're creeping up on year three of the pandemic, and I have not gotten COVID. However, the second week of January, I got the flu. It was the first time I'd been sick in like eight years. You know, I've caught the occasional cold, maybe gotten a sinus infection, but nothing like this. It like knocked me out for four days, and I still would go so far as to say, I'm not back at 100%. You can hear it in my voice. I'm constantly congested and get this crazy cough, but it's definitely not the vid. It, with the fever and everything else that was going on, it it had to have been the flu. Yeah, I recovered. I'm doing well. I feel pretty good. It's just my energy levels and general health and well-being are not back to where they should be. So that was like the first kick in the pants that January served me. And we do this every year. So we go on a whole, a week long trip up into the mountains with the family. And it's always a lot of fun. But I actually used most of my time away from work to recover from the flu. Nobody else got sick from me or anything like that. And I, I, I did a lot of lounging and just chilling. So that was good. But it still took me away from the house and a bunch of the stuff I was hoping to accomplish during that time, right? Oh, and then at the tail end of my ski week, in the mountains, I got a call from the federal government. And I was subpoenaed, yes, subpoenaed by the federal government to testify against my former boss because she committed multiple counts of fraud against the federal government. And no matter how hard I tried, I was unable to get out of testifying. And that was like a two-day whirlwind event. I got home from ski week, spent Sunday you know, emptying my bags from ski week and packing my stuff, including my suit, to go testify. I got out of bed at three o'clock in the morning on a Monday, had to leave for the airport by 4 a.m. so that I could begin my very long journey to the national capital region. And I landed in BWI airport at 4 p.m., got to my hotel. And by 6 p.m., I had a two-hour meeting with prosecutors to do some pre-trial prep. The next day, I spent four hours 
in the witness stand testifying against my former boss, got back to my hotel, proceeded to make my way back to the airport, and got home that night at 11 p.m. It was super rough. I took knitting with me. I knit exactly zero stitches. I was just so fatigued and tired and, you know, traveled out. I literally knit no stitches, I, which is just never happens. I had a book with me. I didn't read. It was just, just so much, so busy. And I'd go so far as to say I've, I'm fully recovered from January. It's now February and February is looking up. I haven't had any crazy surprises. I'm getting back to my normal health and, you know, my normal work schedule and actually getting some stuff done. So thank goodness. So yeah, so, uh, so far the month of January has made 2023 my longest year yet. It's just been rough. It's just been so rough, but I'm glad that's about over. And the one thing that January did give me with all of its folly and foibles was time to think. So I've been thinking about a lot of stuff and there's a lot of stuff I need to get done. 2023 for me is going to be the year of spinning with intent. Toward the end of 2022, you heard me talk all about taking inventory and stock of all of the fleeces and all of those things spinning related that I've got in the craft room and in my stash. And those fleeces are not going to wash or spin themselves. So yeah, spinning with intent. I'm going to pick probably two or three reasonable size projects and just dive right into them and do them right. Like spin with intent. I'm going to take this fleece and turn it into an X. And in order to do that, I'm going to have to sample the yarn. I'm going to have to decide how it's going to be prepped based on my samples. I'm going to have to swatch for the item. Like I'm going to do it all start to finish, pick the fiber and go from the very beginning to the end till I have a finished project. So spinning with intent, that, that is my goal for the year 2023. I think as well. So I know I've got two projects identified that I want to do. I would like to spin for and knit a sweater. Like, you know, I finished the dreaded fleece and I have enough yarn for a sweater, but that's not what I set out to do when I decided to spin that fleece. But I'm going to select one of my fleeces, fully process it, sample and spin for a sweater and knit a sweater. In addition to that, I know that I would like to spin for and knit a pair of hand knit socks. I've done that in the past, but that I was like, I think that was like my second year of spinning. I spun for and knit a pair of hand knit socks. They weren't bad. Like it was good. They just didn't, because I really didn't know what I was doing. The yarn did not wear as well as it could have for hand spun socks. And those socks are long gone (laughs) because they didn't survive. They like wore out way too quickly. And yeah, so, so far, spin four and knit a sweater, spin four and knit a pair of socks. And outside of that, we will see where all of the fleece processing for this year takes me. Because I want to get all, not some, all of both my wool and alpaca fleece clean and ready to spin, which is a pretty tall order, but I think I can do that. I've recently been watching some YouTube videos reminding myself how to wash fleece, and it's actually been quite motivational, and I'm like, I can totally do this. It's actually not hard. It just takes time, which is the biggest deal. So it actually takes a time investment, and that time investment is going to start 
this coming week. I'm going to wash the first fleece this coming week. And I know I'll have the time to do it. And I know the boy will not be taking me away from that effort because he is having surgery on his shoulder. (laughs) So he will be out of it. He won't be going back to work for a month. And at least for the first week, he is going to be sleeping a lot and recovering from surgery, which means I should have a lot of uninterrupted time outside of, you know, taking care of him, feeding him, helping him out. I should have a lot of uninterrupted time to start washing fleece. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pick a fleece and essentially that first fleece is going to be the fleece that reminds me how to wash fleece, you know, helps me refine my process so that I can actually get them all done this year. I think I'm only going to wash by hand a couple of my alpaca fleece. I still want to take those to a processor. At least I think I'm going to take the three fleece that I got this year because they were professionally shorn and they're probably in the best shape. I'm going to take those to the processor this year to try out a processor that's just north of Denver to make sure I like her work because I would hate to like drop off all my fleece and lose most of them. Oh, that would kill me. Because, you know, the reason I haven't gotten other fleeces processed is because I was so dissatisfied with the processing of the dreaded fleece. That's what made it dreaded. It was over carded and had so many neps and oils in it that it was ridiculous. Like it annoyed me. Once I settled into the fact that, hey, this is going to be harder to spin because she over processed my fine fleece. But I'm still gun shy with professional processing because of that. So we'll see. What else do I have in updates? So the craft room is in the middle of a deep clean right now. You know, I typically do the whole spring clean thing. But this is a deep clean. So the deep clean means that I do a lot more in-depth stuff in the room. So the craft room is actually a bedroom on the lower level of my house and it includes a pretty large walk-in closet and that has all become so just cluttered right that it's ridiculous so the first like spark to cleaning that room was offloading that spinning wheel with my tanya so what i'm going to do is like pull all the things that are cluttering out of the room and put them in there's a living room downstairs like a second living room put them all in the living room and then put them away where they belong, right? After I've dusted everything and swept them off the floor and, you know, gotten everything organized, I'll pull it all out, actually organize it, and then put it back where it belongs. So that's a big project that's kicking off the beginning of the year, which is also something I can work on while the boy is down for the count post-op. And then for this year, I need to finish some projects. Now, not nitty or spinny or sewing projects. I actually have other projects that are more like home projects that I need to get done. For example, we have several aspen trees on our property and one of them actually fell over in a storm. I had the boy slice one of the larger branches on this aspen tree so that I could finish those slices of aspen and use it to decorate a mirror to hang over the mantle above the fireplace in my living room. All the slices are cut. All the slices are mostly sanded. I have the mirror and I just haven't finished the project. Like 
So as soon as spring hits and the weather's warm enough, I'm going to take that outside, finish the sanding, oil all those aspen slices once they're nice and smooth, and then finish this mirror. I also have three Franken circular sock knitting machines in my basement, or the parts and pieces for three. I don't know if they're all going to be recoverable or functional, but I need to restore them or at least start. Well, no, I need to restore at least one of them because I'd really like to use the circular sock knitting machine. Depending on how I feel about the antique circular sock knitting machine, I might restore them, sell them, and buy myself a nice, pretty, shiny new one. (laughs) But I have to actually get those three things restored in order to justify being able to buy a brand new one. So you can tell I've got some big plans for 2023. January kind of kicked my butt and took me off track, but we are here again and I'm feeling pretty good about it. And I can't wait to share all of that goodness with all of you listening. And it looks like it's time to get this podcast started. And now it is on to spinning my wheels. I actually feel quite accomplished when it comes to everything I did get done in January. So I actually released four patterns. The first one was the stack scarf that came out on January 1st. So all the work for that was done on, you know, in December. And most of the work for the hats was also done in the months leading up to January. But I did get the patterns written up. I did get the pattern pages made and I released four patterns. So the stack scarf is just that little accent scarf that I made out of fingering weight yarn. It was modeled after a beautiful hand-dyed sock blank that I just, just loved. And I think it turned out really, really well. You can see photos of that on my Instagram and there's also a page for it. It's called Stacked. And I just love that scarf. I actually wear it all the time, like when we go out to dinner and things like that or go to someone's house, you know, because I want to show off my work because I'm super impressed with myself. But I absolutely adore it. And the hats. So I talked about the hats for months and I'm sure you guys got totally, totally sick of hearing about the hats. But the hats are out in a collection called Winter Storm Watch. And there are three hats. The Blizzard hat, the Squall hat, and the Flurries hat. And I kind of think... That Flurry and Squall are my favorites. The Flurry hat uses less than 150 yards and it's just got a texture that I absolutely adore. And it's high contrast texture between garter stitch and some slip stitch detailing. And I love that hat. And so there's some really impressive pictures on my Instagram, on my Instagram of all three hats that I just adore. I think the crowns turned out great. I have a thing about finishing hats that I like a crown that's actually part of the design, not just an afterthought like, hey, let's make the top of this hat smaller so that it closes. I really, really like it to be a part of the design element. And I think all three of those hats turned out really, really well. The Flurries hat is got this beautiful spiral texture. I love, of course, the top. It looks like a snowflake on the top of it. It's really pretty. I like it a lot. And that one is out of an Aran weight, a heavy Aran weight or a bulky weight. And that was a super quick knit. I mean, a hat just, you know, eats up yarn. It was super quick. I love that one. I'm not as impressed with the blizzard hat. I think it's cute, but it doesn't wear as well as I would like it to. Like that was the hat I took with me to ski week and I wore it in public a couple times. And 
I wished I had brought one of the other two hats with me. But the entire collection, the Winter Storm Watch collection, and each of those patterns independently are available on Ravelry and my Etsy shop. If you just want to go check them out and, you know, maybe pat me on the back. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I've pat myself on the back enough for those, those three patterns. But I did get them done. I set out to get them done and, and they're done. They're released and I'm super happy. Outside of finishing those things and getting those patterns released, I've been knitting quite a bit. Even though I didn't knit on that horrible, horrible trip to Baltimore, I've been getting a lot done. So I started and finished a cowl in January and I can't tell you what the pattern is because I haven't released it yet. It was one of my original designs. I got this crazy idea for this cowl while I was working on those hats. I need to block it and then write it up and that will come out this month as well. I love that one. It, it makes me super happy. I can't wait till it is blocked so that I can actually wear it. And well, so let's talk about cowl blocking. How do you block cowls? This is how I do it. I usually get my little blocking board out and I use two like long, I think they're probably 14 inch metal knitting needles that I got like a million years ago when I first started knitting and insert them into the cowl, stretch the cowl out to the width that I would like it to be. And then I pin the knitting needles into place. Like I place pins inside the knitting needles so that the cowl is stretched to the width that I want it to be. And then I pin the sides to the depth that I want the cowl to be. But I found that using those two knitting needles inside the cowl, because it's a cowl, it's two layers of knitting, but you can actually open up the inside once it's wrapped around those knitting needles to allow more airflow to get in between the two layers so that you don't have to like flip it over and repin it. So that's how I block a cowl, which I need to do. It's actually sitting over here next to me on the table waiting to be blocked. And hopefully this afternoon I'll get to that, which would be pretty cool because I'm excited. I think it's beautiful. The yarn is from Neighborhood Fiber Company in a beautiful colorway called Legacy. And I don't even know if they have that colorway anymore. I actually got the skein of yarn last year at Maryland Sheep and Wool from their booth. And it just totally makes me super happy. And it's beautiful. It is a dark teal with bits of like some rust and some purple in it. It's gorgeous. It's really, really gorgeous. And I like it a lot. Dark teal is one of my favorite colors, even though I don't wear it very often. I still just am drawn to the color and it makes me happy. And I am also working, still working on the Brickyard Swancho. So I think in the last episode, I told you that, hey, I went down to my stash. I found that I had the pattern and the yarn that I bought on clearance sale from Craftsy when they used to sell materials. But you know how they say that you're supposed to uh, read the pattern completely and make sure you understand it before you cast on? <laughs> yeah. So because it's a swancho, that means the raglan increases go really far down, like to your waist before you do the, like the end of the sleeves. It's almost like a really long cuff instead of a full sleeve. But the placement that I had for the sleeve side increases were too close together. So I totally botched it. On that pattern, because it's a swancho, you increase the body more frequently than you increase 
what would be the sleeves. But I didn't do that. So I had to rip all the way back to the collar. Oh, yeah, it was, it was probably 50 rows that, which isn't a whole lot of knitting when you think about it. But I still had to essentially start again. But I'm almost done now with all of the increase rounds on that. And I'm doing them correctly. <laughs> and before I move to the next section, I will be sure that I read the next section's instructions and make sure that I understand them completely before I try to tackle whatever that section is. Because I really botched the first time out and I don't want to have to rip back again. But it's coming along nicely and I'm enjoying it. So I had also said that I was going to actually knit on one of my Gail's Art sock blanks that I got. I think it was the 2019 Maryland Sheep and Wool colorway. And I I did. I cast on those socks. I'm doing a toe-up sock. I used the Judy's Magic Cast On and did the toes. I was going to just do a plain sock because, you know, just to have a sock, a travel sock on the needles. But then I decided to add just a little texture detailing to it. Super duper simple. It's a broken seed stitch and I'm working on the foot. So right now the top half of the sock is broken seed stitch and the bottom half of course is plain because I don't want texture underneath my feet. But yeah, so it's essentially one of my plain Jane socks, but I've added some texture detailing to it and it's a pretty interesting knit and I think it's going to be lovely once it's done. And I'm enjoying that one for sure. So I've been taking that to restaurants and to people's houses. And I didn't take it with me when I was traveling because I had that cowl I was working on. But now it's it's my go-to, let's, you know, let's take this along with me pattern. And I'm enjoying it thoroughly. So I've decided that what I'm going to do for the remainder of the year when it comes to knitting socks is I'm going to open my sock drawer and decide what color I need based on my clothing and go, hey, you don't have a pair of blue socks to go with this sweater. Go down into my stash and pick some blue yarn and just kind of do it that way. Because like I own one pair of gray socks. They're light gray tweed and I didn't even knit them. I got them. I actually acquired them from one of my daughters. Uh, My Tanya knit Bird this pair of socks and Bird abandoned them. She didn't abandon them. She forgot them when she moved away. (laughs) So now they're my socks and I wear them all the time. And I love them. They go great in these little boots I wear this time of year. But that's the only pair of gray socks that I own. My entire wardrobe is gray. How do I not own more gray socks? So I need to get on that and remedy those kind of things. I should have a rainbow's variety of hand-knit socks in my sock drawer because I really like wearing hand-knit socks and I wear them all the time. And I'm just failing myself by not having that. So I'm going to remedy that this year, which makes me very happy. All right. As far as spinning, I think we know that I've been thinking a lot about spinning, but haven't accomplished very much. Actually, right this second, I am sitting behind my little Louette S45 because one of the things I need to do is finish what I started. I have a handful of punies that I need to spin up just for fun that I blended on my blending board and I want to see how they turn out into yarn and I'm trying to finish that up so that I can start this other looming project. So part of my year of spinning with intent is finishing a project I intended to spin last year. I 
signed up for Sasha Torres's breed sampler at the beginning of last year. Actually, it was the middle of 2021. So it runs summer to summer and it's called breed school. And I have 12 months worth of small bits of breed specific fiber that I need to spin through. I started it. I got derailed. I think I only spun on one of the samples and I didn't even finish it. So I'm trying to finish this little puny project so that I can clean off my bobbins on the S45 and use that as my breed sampler spinning wheel. Because most of my actual intense projects will be spun on my Louette Victoria, which is my favorite wheel. I think we all know that. And I can spin anything on all of my wheels, I found. But that one, I think I have the most bobbins for that one. It is, it's like my little workhorse. I, I can spin anything I want on that one and it's never let me down. So I'm going to finish this up, empty my bobbins so that I can start this breed school thing that I was supposed to have had done, you know, a million years ago. And it really doesn't take that much time to do it. It's just a matter of me setting aside the time to work through it. Because you spin a little sample, then you have to let it rest. Then you apply the sample and move on to the next, you know, approach to spinning that sample. So that includes spinning worsted, woolen, maybe throwing some long draw in there, some semi worsted and woolen, probably trying different preps. It all comes as top in the sampler, but that doesn't mean that you can't like card some up for long draw instead of spinning it as top. So, I mean, that's something I can knock out easily in any given week, along with my other larger projects. So I've got big plans for spinning. And as soon as I finish these punies, then I am off to the races with these larger projects and it should be a lot of fun. In this episode, I'm going to put my spin on the first book I ever purchased as an instructional material for spinning. And of course, this is not going to surprise you. This is Start Spinning, Everything You Need to Know to Make Great Yarn by Maggie Casey. Now, this book was published in 2008. It's actually out of print, but you can still find copies of it in various stores and like on different large online retailers. They, you can still get a copy of it. And I know that there's used ones available. You may actually be able to get it from your local library or like on a reading app, but it's a great book. So I consider myself an intermediate spinner. Why did I decide to read Start Spinning again? So I've read it before, way back in the day I read it before, but I really read it and I read it cover to cover. It's an 11 chapter book and has two appendices. And I read it again, kind of to remind myself of everything I'd forgotten about spinning from beginning to end <laughs> because I mean I started spinning in 2010 so it's been 13 years now and you know I just almost like a refresher it could be seen as very basic but she's got some great insights in the book that you're like yeah if I had remembered that I probably would have been more successful here here and here in my spinning but no I forgot about all those things when it comes to kicking off the year of spinning with intent Going back to a beginner's guide of spinning was a great way to really kick off the year. So she covers everything in this book from wool to spinning on a spindle to all the things you need to know before you start spinning to getting acquainted with your wheel 
finishing your yarn, plying your yarn, and using your hand spun. One of the appendices is all about starting with a fleece and ending with a spinning. So, I mean, like, the first appendix in this book is all about spinning with intent, right? So I think it was a great book. It's well-written. She doesn't use a whole lot of super complex language, and she explains things very clearly for reading it in a book. I mean, I think that learning to spin and improving your spinning is very much a hands-on kind of task, but she does a great job of explaining the entire process from start to finish. And it's well illustrated. There's step-by-step photos on many of the techniques she describes. For example, pre-drafting. There are seven different photos that show you exactly how to pre-draft or correct it if your pre-drafting gets messed up. She talks about the different mindsets about pre-drafting. To pre-draft or not to pre-draft? That is the question. It's a great book. It's well illustrated. And even if you're a spinner who has some time under your belt, rereading this book or reading this book for the first time, I think is a very good way to kind of reframe your mindset about spinning. I highly recommend the book. And it is the first of my spinning books that I plan on rereading. Like I said, it is Start Spinning, Everything You Need to Know to Make Great Yarn by Maggie Casey. It was published in 2008. It's out of print, but available through a variety of sources online and probably through your public library. I highly recommend it, not just because I'm a fan of Maggie Casey, but because I thought it was a really good read and it did help to reframe my mindset for my year of spinning it with intent. Well, it looks like it is time to spin off this episode of Spin Control. Before I go, I wanted to bring something to your attention. I've been spending a little bit of time thinking about what to do about the podcast. Has my format become boring, predictable, uninteresting? Is the length right? Is the format correct? Should I try video podcasting? I don't know what to do about the podcast. After all these years, I only have a handful of listeners. Like Barb, Danny, I bet you're out there (laughs) listening to this episode, right? But I don't get a whole lot of feedback and I don't know where to get additional feedback. But yeah, I just wanted to let you know that I've been thinking about what to do about the podcast. Is it time to put the podcast to rest? And maybe take a venture into doing more writing, like on my blog. Um, Yeah, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. But for now, I will still be recording. And hopefully, I can get some feedback by asking these questions. Maybe you have some ideas about what I can do with the podcast. Do you love it the way it is? Could I do something to make it more interesting? Should it be more instructional? And if it is more instructional or educational then should it be a video podcast? There are so many questions bouncing around my head about what to do with the podcast. And I just thought I would throw that out there to you guys, especially those of you who've been there with me from like the beginning. And that is all I have to say about that for now. So we shall have to see. We will see what's going to happen with the podcast. I'm going to lead us out with a song from the Pickin' On Collection. If you are not familiar, Pickin' On is 
It's a group of veteran bluegrass players who have actually remastered and remade several songs from several different genres into bluegrass music. So they have collections on Coldplay, Metallica, and a couple of really interesting other bands that are just hilarious to hear renditions in bluegrass. So I think I might do a Pickin' on Metallica song to lead us out, and I hope you enjoy it. And as always, you can get the details about this episode and all the past episodes at spincontrolpodcast.com. You can email me at shiloh at foreverhandmade.com. Catch me on Ravelry and social media as Forever Handmade. Thanks again, guys. I'll talk to you soon.
they say Never care for games they play Never care for what they do Never care for what they know